0: Good morning everybody, Uh, hello here from Phu Quoc, Vietnam, Uh, welcome to 11 Questions for You. Today we're here with Lucy Johnson (laughs) from Edible Ethics. Um, First, uh, a little bit about yourself, how old were you from, just the basic, uh, the the normal stuff.
1: The normal stuff, an introduction to me.
0: Uh,
1: I'm Lucy, I'm originally born in Watford. Uh 24 and I am a vegan chef.
0: Okay, cool. So we're gonna go straight into the 11 questions. Uh, Question number one, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, and what's the last thing you do before you go to bed?
1: Oh, okay. So at the moment, if I keep this routine up, the first thing I do is some sun salutations when I get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Try and avoid my phone as much as possible. Okay. Uh, Last thing I do before bed. I read. And at the moment it's, I'm using my Kindle cuz I'm abroad. But yeah, I, I, I always try and read a book before bed. Not it's the very, whole book. It sounds
0: very healthy and balanced. It
1: is. It, it's a routine that I'm it's trying to keep up. It's funny how you
0: mentioned the phone though because I think that's what we tend to do.
1: We do tend to look at our yeah. phone first thing. I think you have an alarm on and it's the first thing you hold, isn't it? But, yeah. yeah. Put it on the other side of the room.
0: But like even even if you don't want to look at your phone you turn on to see what the time is but then you get all there.
1: Get all your notifications, uh, yeah. It's maybe good thing to maybe turn by o'clock on, clock, on or... night mode or what is it? Uh, airplane mode. True.
0: Cool. Question number two. What drives you in life? What keeps you going? What keeps you alive. What makes you feel alive? What drives you?
1: I'm gonna say the sad answer that uh, What's the well, fuel? I think it's sad, and that is actually food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> food keeps you going.
1: Food keeps me going. Twenty four seven food. I, I think about food. Probably most of the day, probably even when I'm dreaming.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you, you eat when you're awake and you eat when you're. Asleep. Well, it's not
1: just about eating; it's about thinking about uh, about food and what you can do with food and
0: the creative different combinations,
1: side of it. creative things. Yeah. And
0: yeah. what what type of creative things do you do with food, or do you think about with food?
1: I'm trying to think about what ingre- different ingredients you can use in dishes that you already make and you know. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Um. And also what i'm gonna eat next <laughs> 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 probably a bit too much yeah i probably need to think about food a bit less i'm trying to focus my mind on other things now so. why,
0: why do you think it is that you you, you have this obsession or i,
1: I think I, well yeah i call it passion rather than obsession because obsession sounds bad doesn't it yeah. Uh, yeah, keep it positive i think food has always been a big part of my life it's you know my mum has always been an amazing cook and and it's just always been like, what's our next dinner? Like, always looking forward to what's next. And uh-huh. I think it does, it fuels it, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Food it is. Food! <laughs> uh, so the, do you love or hate the current job that you have? I
1: don't, well, it's quite a difficult like,
0: are, you, are you happy with the job? A lot of people I know have jobs that they'd rather not have, they'd rather be doing something else. Is that your case? Do you have a job that you're...
1: Well, currently yep. my job is uh, putting me on an island in in Vietnam, so I'm I'm quite happy with my job.
0: Okay. Yeah, sounds pretty good.
1: Um, you know, can't beat being sat on a beach, can you? So, um, we'll we'll see how it goes when uh, we've got a restaurant open. So, asking okay. that again in three months' time.
0: All right. Sounds good. Yeah, silly question when you're holiday, I guess. <laughs> or, or your job holiday. when your life is a holiday. A holiday. Yeah. Mm. Um. Are you for or against uh, the tech world that's gradually taking over um, our lives?
1: Well, considering the fact that we're using it right now in order Uh to create this conversation, I'm not against it. Uh, I'm against the tech world when it takes over people's social lives and personal lives. I think you should keep it in the work sphere rather than a play sphere. I think that's Uh where I'm against it. Uh, you see, it's like we were on the beach the other day, and you see a family of five all sat there with their phones in front of them on their holiday. It's a bit different for us, because we're, we're working, and we're, I guess you say, like, we need to be on our uh-huh. phones sometimes in order to be documenting stuff. I think that's that's acceptable, but to see a family of five on their holiday or on their phone for a social aspect, that's just, that's wrong. So I don't agree with it in that. It's
0: so taking over another, people's lives. you think another, like... I get what you're saying, but on the other hand, there's 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 obviously a massive social aspect to technology as well. Like a lot of it's ma- a lot of the stuff that people are hooked on is like social media, well, yeah. which is socialising
1: in a different f- way. I've got to be the first to admit that I use it quite well a lot as well. It's a good way of keeping in contact with people, but it's the additional extras they put on it that I think are bad. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're making you go on it more. Yeah, they they're creating new facets of social media that mean that you're going to be on it all the time. Doesn't like Google do that as
0: well? I mean, yeah, they've they've openly talked about how Facebook, Google, uh, all these different platforms, how how before they started, they actually study, I mean, they still do it, they study the human mind, the mechanisms, how to get the dopamine um, uh, uh, boost or shot or whatever it is, like when you're on drugs, you know, it does, it keeps us hooked, it is addictive, but we are the addictive
1: Yes, yeah, so I think Wondering. I think it was my stepdad that told me that they hire I can't remember how many people he said that they hire in Google just a a team of people that are there just for the sole purpose of figuring out how we can keep pe- keep people how online. We can Keep them
0: hooked. Yeah. Keep their attention. There their is plans. actually
1: a team of people that do. It work. works. It works. Yeah, it does work, <laughs> unfortunately, and I don't agree with it, but All right.
0: cool. Let's continue. Have you have you ever been depressed? Yes. Yes?
1: Yes. Um
0: at 24? Wow. Yes,
1: uh, I think uh, everyone shouts about your early 20s and says that it's your best time of your life. I think I came into my 20s with a lot of depression, actually. And it was, uh, yeah... <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> it laughing, really, but
0: it's obviously not funny. Because
1: it, it actually is It's something I've overcome. So actually, I can kind of laugh at the, the prospect of people saying, oh, wait till your 20s, you'll have a great time. Mm. I think it's actually probably a mid-20s for me that life kind of made more sense. But in my early 20s, I came out of uni and... You kind of get a bit lost everyone's pushing you into this thing of you need to find out what you're going to do you need to find out your job
0: yeah a lot of pressure
1: yeah i graduated from my master's in a politics degree and i was applying for jobs and i got quite depressed i I was going out and enjoying myself in that aspect and thinking that's what i wanted to do but then actually not having a job not having a purpose or an idea of what i was going to do sends you down a bit of a hole Mm. and i think it was food that got me out of it
0: Good old food, hey? It was
1: food. It was. Uh, I. I realised how much I love cooking, and I always did. I. I was experimented. I was always doing crazy things, and veganism brought me to it. Yeah. And it one day just popped in my head that, right, I give it a shot. I think that brought me out of it. You know, honestly.
0: And do you do you find a lot of um, people around you, especially like at similar age, that go through this kind of process of being lost or depressed or you know, what the fuck's going on? all the pressure, the social pressure from your parents, your peers, your friends, like from yourself even, like yeah. we put a lot of pressure on ourselves.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of it at uni, um, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure to be happy in at university, yeah. and it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, you can't just tell people to, to study hard, to work hard, to play hard, and expect everyone to be happy.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I think most, quite a lot of my friends had some sort of uh, mental health problem.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a crazy world, I'd say. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm just gonna... So that has gone to question six. What do you do to relax? I'm going to put that over there.
1: Ooh. Okay, so this has changed massively because before I made food my job, I used to cook to relax. Uh-huh. I don't cook to relax anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> you cook to get stressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In a restaurant.
1: Uh, I read and actually something that I've got back into again recently that i really it's really irritated me that I haven't done before is uh photography. I find that there's something so satisfying about taking pictures and editing them and looking at them and and yeah, I don't know, and then I try try and draw from them as well mm-hmm. and I find that really relaxing. But yeah, like I said, it's kinda of changed and that they've become my more recent things that like reading and photography.
0: Reading and yeah. photography.
1: Mm. Right. And actually, uh, yoga helps as well. That, that's probably one of the most relaxed states I've ever been in when you do yoga. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, are you an optimist or a pessimist when you look at the world right now Ooh. in its current state?
1: Ooh. That's, oh, it's really difficult because I'm an optimist within myself, but I think I'm a bit pessimistic about the world. Okay. So it's like I try and be optimistic about the world because I try and be optimistic about myself but I can't <laughs> it's very difficult to try and transfer that into the world because you know it's so difficult to see good things when you're so surrounded by bad news and social media especially mm. you see so much terrible stuff on there um so yeah no I'm a bit of both and that probably doesn't answer your question really a
0: <laughs> bit of both <laughs> bit yeah, of I both. think it does I think depending yeah it's all about perspective in not yeah cool and Are you vegan or considering it? I know you've already said you're vegan, so I'm going to ask you why.
1: Why I'm vegan? Uh This is one thing that, a really good thing that came out of university is when studying politics, I studied animal rights. And I read a lot of books and I had no, I was a massive steak eater. Sausages were my biggest (laughs) uh, consumed food, I'd say. Uh, Sausages, steak, and I used to eat a lot of cheese. And I just read a lot of books, and I think it was Peter Singer that was the main one for me. That Peter changed. Singer. Peter Singer. Was he an
0: activist or animal rights? He was.
1: Um, so he was an animal rights theorist, and he wrote a book okay. called Animal Liberation. And also, I've forgotten what his other book was, but his book was the turning point for me. And I wrote a few dissertations on him, uh, and then I went on to looking at kind of a lot of political thoughts surrounding global human rights and trying to transfer that onto animals. And it just, yeah, it just really kind of anchored my belief and from that moment on i couldn't see any anything else and i think having read so much it was like that's it that's my way of life now and i've never considered anything else since so yeah it was it was definitely because of that and then the food just became so obviously clear to me that it was just so amazing you know it's just (laughs) you play around and it's like wow this is amazing so started with the ethics and then food came through afterwards
0: Uh interesting and one supercar that you'd <laughs> choose or wish to have if uh, if any <laughs>
1: oh that's difficult hmm you know what i've always said this as a child i s- always said that i'd fly i'd want like to fly <laughs> yeah but i don't think so anymore because i've got real fear of heights
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can fly in your mind though
1: you can fly you can in your mind and um yeah, to be honest, I still well, would like to fly. fly. Because you can just see the world from another perspective that yeah. is so untouchable. Yeah,
0: I think and that's a big, a big word you just said perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even I'll like, go with that. I'll go with what my child like form wanted, you know, flying. We'll go with it. Cool.
0: Uh, someone who inspires you, or has inspired you, or continues to inspire you.
1: I'm I'm so going to go for the cringy one. My mother. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many other people that inspire me, like all of my family members do. And there are people within uh, society that do as well. But in terms of, like I said, uh, for someone that always inspired me with food, then that's got to be it. You know, the main thing that I'm doing in my life at the moment. Uh My mum was, like I said, was always an amazing cook. And she still is an amazing cook. And I've always said that she's a better cook than I could ever be. So I've yeah, I find her food inspiring.
0: Okay, and anybody um, like outside the 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 family or the friend circle? So like society-wise, uh, a public figure or someone in the vegan world or someone I don't know.
1: Okay. Anyone? If you. Uh, on
0: Instagram, an influencer.
1: Society-wise, if we're going to go back to someone that I was kind of obsessed over when I was a, uh, doing my politics degree it was John Rawls.
0: John Rawls. Was, John
1: Rawls is a modern philosopher. And uh, he he spoke about global justice for humans. that is. I love
0: how his name is John Rawls. Rawls is in rule, right? Well, and no, it's spelled justice. R.
1: It's spelled R A W L S. Uh, that would have so been, been cool. Close, but um, he just tries to apply rights globally because he says that everyone's a human, uh, a world citizen. Everyone's a citizen of the world. Why mm-hmm. do we treat everyone differently in different places of the world? I was obsessed with his work because he was one of the first people to kind of apply this philosophy globally. Most other philosophers have a kind of, right, a limit of who they apply everything to. Whereas he was very much like everyone in the world gets this. So, so
0: justice for him wasn't relative. It was it was one, it was like in stone. Like it this was is an individual
1: justice for every single person. Yeah, but don't yeah. you think
0: it's based on like cultural and beliefs, culture and, and beliefs and upbringings? and?
1: I uh, see. Well, this is uh, very much the kind of where I differed to a lot of other people is that I believe in culture and... and and the need for culture and different beliefs but because there were people that always said they separate justice on borders because within each border there would be a different belief system and value system Uh but um, i was always a bit more controversial in the thought that i would apply everything globally and ignore borders ignore cultures but then if
0: there's no culture there's
1: yeah but that wouldn't necessarily that wouldn't necessarily then get rid of culture i think Uh you can still apply uh, one universal human right without creating uh, a mass, like, uh, abolition of, what, culture and no, Yeah, I get beliefs. that, but
0: don't you think there'll be bias? Like, if the person who's creating that global, universal justice system is brought up in a certain cultural and societal upbringing, conditions, circumstances, which is going to lead him to create that certain system or, or justice,
1: and this is where this is why I was so fascinated fascinated by John Rawls is because he created a, a thought system called uh, veil of ignorance. Veil of ignorance. Veil. veil. Veil of, of ignorance. ignorance. Yeah. So it's his impartial position where a lot of philosophers do this, where it's kind of where you can imagine your philosophy without having pre-existing beliefs and value systems in place. So okay. you put the idea being you theoretically placed, everyone inside this veil. No one knows what they are on the outside. They just know that there are different people. They know that there might be someone that's worse off than someone else. What rules and laws would you create within that veil that you then apply, knowing that you could be anything outside? So it would be very much like the really fundamental human laws that would apply. And that was his way of tackling differences within people. And I thought it was always interesting. And don't get me wrong, it won't work. I think there's a very different thing to theory and to practicality.
0: Because then you've got, for me, you've got the standardisation side of it, where you're just going to treat everybody the same without taking into account their individual circumstances.
1: Yes, but like I said, that's why I've always been a bit controversial with it, in the sense that I I took a very staunch position that I think is a way of tackling human rights issues. I don't think it's necessarily going to work. But theoretically, I think it's a very good thought process to take yourself through, to figure out what is it we fundamentally need as humans, we can apply to all humans.
0: I think that will be the case, like with globalisation of the world and how um, individual, like, uh, national uh, sovereignty of each, na- uh, each yeah. nation is becoming, like yeah. like Europe, like a lot of it is being, being erased,
1: yeah.
0: and eventually that might go globally, so then you will have a global justice system. Well,
1: and Maybe. consider how many different beliefs and value systems there are within one border, and that's the thing okay. that I always try and focus on, is when people say there's so many different uh, cultures that you need to think about, think about all the different cultures within one family say, yeah. you know, my family have got loads of different ways of living. Yeah. So, we used to say that you couldn't apply that globally, you know, we've all got, say within a family you've got one rule amongst all the children, yeah. but each children lives a different life, each child lives a different life. You could, that's different cultures within that. You've yeah. just got to look at it in a bigger scale. Yeah. Which, yeah, might be a bit unreachable, but I think it's a good thing to, for people just to think about and consider.
0: Interesting. And question number 11, if you had 11 months to live, <laughs> what would you do?
1: 11 months? Did you have to say 11 because it's 11 questions? Why not? Um, I I would travel without a doubt. I would see, try and see as many countries that I want to see as possible and and experience all the cultures and just try and become a bit more free in the last 11 months. Yeah, I've always been so tied down by what I feel is responsibilities, but... You know, so many other people would say you shouldn't be, but 11 months to live, you could just be the most free person you want to in the world.
0: Nothing like free. Yeah.
1: No, I think that could be your most free. I don't know, the most free you could ever be, right?
0: That's why I found I found travelling that so addictive yeah. because you do feel very free, free from um, responsibilities, like you say, mm. free from people's judgments, free from I don't know, free from society, the the system. Yeah. Kind of just bobbing along, wandering around.
1: You could be the person you want to be, no one's judging you.
0: Yeah, cool. We'll leave it with uh, freedom. Then,
1: freedom, thank you, (laughs) thank
0: you you very much, (laughs) Lucy. No worries for being uh, the prototype of 11, the guinea pig. I'm
1: I'm, I'm happy to be a guinea pig.
0: We'll get people's (laughs) feedback on this and we'll take it from there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank
1: you.